0: This is Lon Taylor, the Rambling Boy, broadcasting live from Marfa Public Radio Studios in downtown Marfa on this sunny, cold, and windy Friday in March. When I lived in Santa Fe in the early 1980s, I had a friend who had grown up on the Navajo Reservation. Where several generations of her family had owned a trading post. It was she who first told me about the Navajo Code Talkers, a group of 400 or so men who had served as Marine radio men in the Pacific Theater during World War II. They had developed a code for transmitting military messages that was impossible for the Japanese to break because it was based on the Navajo language, a language that was so complex that it was estimated that in 1940 there were only 30 non-Navajo speakers in the world, mostly American anthropologists and missionaries. The code was a combination of substituting Navajo words for each letter of the alphabet in the same way that the Joint Army-Navy Phonetic Alphabet uses English words to stand for letters, Charlie for C. In the Navajo code, C was represented by Mosai, the Navajo word for cat. D was Lachae, dog. But how spelling out words under combat conditions proved too time-consuming, the Code Talkers developed shortcuts, substituting Navajo words for complete English words so that bomber became Chisoo, buzzard, and submarine Beshlu, iron fish. The code talkers had to memorize the entire code, as there was no time to refer to a code book in the trenches, and in fact, for security reasons, there was no code book. But the memorization was easy for the young Navajo recruits. As veteran code talker Carl Gorman explained to a reporter, For us, everything is memory. It's part of our heritage. We have no written language. Our songs, our prayers, our stories, they are all handed down from grandfather to father to children. And we listen, we hear, we learn to remember everything. It's part of our training. The Code Talkers were noted for their speed and accuracy. During the Battle of Iwo Jima, Major Howard Connor, the 5th Marine Division signal officer, had six Navajo code talkers working around the clock for the first two days of the battle. Those men sent and received 800 messages under fire without a single error. Connor later said, were it not for the Navajos, the Marines would never have taken Iwo Jima. Because of the publicity given to the Navajo code talkers over the last two decades, many people think that they were the only Native Americans to use their language as a code in wartime. But in fact, during World War I, Cherokee soldiers from Oklahoma in the 30th Infantry Division transmitted messages in Cherokee, during the Second Battle of the Somme in September 1918. And Choctaw soldiers in the 36th Infantry Division used a code based on Choctaw in the Meuse-Argonne Offensive a month later. The Germans knew about these code talkers, and in the late 1930s, the Nazi government sent a team of 30 anthropologists to the United States to study Native American languages. And although their effort to compile a complete dictionary failed because of the large number of languages involved, the military was careful not to use Native American code talkers in Europe. The one exception was in Normandy where 13 Comanche soldiers in the 4th Infantry Division used a code based on the Comanche language to transmit orders on Utah Beach. The first message from the beachhead sent in Comanche was transmitted by PFC Larry Salpiti. It read, We had a good landing. We are in the wrong place. In 1989, the French government made the surviving Normandy code-talkers Chevaliers of the National Order of Merit, surely the only Comanche Chevaliers on Earth. The Army also deployed Assiniboine, Meskwaki, Creek, and Seminole speakers as radio men in North Africa and in the Pacific. But it is the Navajo code talkers who have been in the spotlight, which is ironic because they are the ones who initially talked the least about their experiences. For centuries, Navajo young men who have been in combat have come home to a healing ceremony called the Enemy Way, which cleanses them of the impurities acquired during their combat experience and places them back in harmony with the world again. To talk about wartime deeds is to reverse the healing power of the ceremony and is not done among the Navajo. In addition, the program was kept secret by the Army until 1968, when all of the documents relating to it were declassified. In 1982, President Ronald Reagan, responding to pressure from the Navajo Nation's Department of Navajo Veterans Affairs, presented the surviving Code Talkers with certificates of recognition and declared August 14th National Navajo Code Talkers Day, a day that is still celebrated annually on the Navajo reservation with parades and speeches but the story of the navajo code talkers still remained obscure in 1993 a freelance writer trying to pitch an article on them to smithsonian magazine found that no one on the staff had ever heard of them and it took him six weeks of unanswered letters and unreturned telephone calls to the Navajo Code Talkers Association office in Rock, Arizona, to set up an interview with four of the Code Talkers. Since then, three more well-publicized presidential events involving Presidents Clinton, George W. Bush, and Trump. The passage of the Code Talkers Recognition Act of 2008 which awarded the Congressional Gold Medal to every surviving code talker. The release of the 2002 film Wind Talkers, a PBS program, a History Channel program, and at least a dozen books have made their story part of our common knowledge about World War II. And every time one dies, his obituary is in the New York Times. My Santa Fe friend has kept up with the survivors. In January, she drove from Santa Fe to Farmington, New Mexico to attend the funeral of Alfred K. Newman, who had been a code talker with the 21st Marine Regiment at Bougainville, Guam, and Iwo Jima. After the service, she got into a conversation with two of Newman's surviving comrades, both code talkers. "'I have a question,' she said to them. "'I have always heard you called code talkers, "'but recently I have heard the term wind talkers. "'What did you call yourselves?' "'The two old men looked at each other for a minute, "'and then one said, "'We called ourselves radio men. "'You've been listening to Lon Taylor, the Rambling Boy.'" I'll be back next Friday at 11 o'clock with another story about Texas. In the meantime, remember that you can read The Rambling Boy in the Big Ben Sentinel every Thursday. This program was made possible by a generous grant from the Summerlee Foundation's Program in Texas History.